Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives street cred with the alternative wet medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we have my wife, Tacey, the professional WebEx attendee. Hello, Tacey. Hello. And we have our new executive producer. His name, he goes by DJ Free. His also name is Sully. Hello, Sully. Hello, everybody. How's it going? (laughs) Well, I think we'll just call you Sully. How about that? That sounds good. I wouldn't want to. I like it. I do, too. Yeah. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-TAKE-IT-SULLY. Take what? Oh, my God. You always catch me. (laughs) He was sleeping again. If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-BEARNIP. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine at drscottwm and visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine matter of fact don't do that uh, unless you want a bristol stool scale mug they're pretty cool you can rate your fecal matter while you're drinking coffee i guess it's never too but early we get 25 cents every time you buy something so we don't care if you do it but it is funny yeah but it's never too early to start buying christmas presents <laughs> for next year that's right most importantly we are not your medical providers take everything here with a grain of salt don't act on anything here on this show without talking over with your doctor nurse practitioner physician Practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals.net. You got a email from a guy who was yep. very disappointed that he he couldn't get the nasal spray on your website. So are you have it? Uh, do you have it back in stock now? Yes, everything has been rectified. He was a very kind man. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. simplyherbals.net. Check out Dr. Scott's herbal malarkey over there. It's actually pretty good stuff. That guy was a big fan of yours. He liked Very nice stress relief and stress less and, and sleep more. Sinus and spray and the whole thing. Wait till I get my uh, 
chocolates on board. What? Special Ooh. chocolates. Special what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> got my hopes up. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to check out wine.drsteve.com. We've had a couple of people try that now, Taste uh, The wine uh, club that we're in, which is Naked Wines, which is awesome. Awesome. And you have uh, direct uh, influence on the winemakers, and you can co- you can talk to them, and they'll interact with you, and you can tell them what you like and what you don't like. And um, I got, I think, 250 bucks worth of wine for 85 bucks the other day, so it was a really good deal. Ooh. So um, I like it, wine.drsteve.com. Now, there's a, kind of a, a subscription aspect to it in that you pay for some of your wine up front. So I give them 40 bucks a month, but Tacey drinks so much damn wine that I get it right back. Yeah. It's not like... Not well, good in job, the Tacey. new year. Good job. It just it's goes on better. and on and on. You know, it's like every month, okay, can I have another 12? <laughs> so, uh, but we're going to lose weight together, Tacey and I are, with noom.drsteve.com, N-O-O-M.drsteve.com. You get two weeks free and you get um, uh, your own counselor. You get a group counselor and a group and some other tools that interface with any of your smart tools if you have them i have the withings uh scale and it just reports directly to um to noom and to my counselors like oh, don't tell her that tell her i gained three pounds eating enchiladas last night that weren't on my law oh did you gain three pounds y- yes so, uh, but that's okay. I will uh, take care of that tomorrow in the first thing in the morning. <laughs> if you know <laughs> what I mean, yep. But uh, noom.drsteve.com changed my life. It really did. And uh, that's about it. Oh, yeah. Tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID 33% off the best earbuds on the market for, for the price and the best customer service anywhere. So, oh, and the most important, how can I forget? Stuff. Dot drsteve.com s-t-u-f-f dot drsteve.com and that's your portal to uh, Amazon and uh, you can scroll down see all the different products that we talk about on this show but it also when you do scroll through there or click through there to go to Amazon it helps us out so thank you very much for that all right Tacey what do you got for yes, us sir. today okay so I have one article okay about a nurse who's tested positive for COVID-19 despite getting the recent vaccine. Ooh. And how it's not uh, unexpected uh, that it can happen. Yeah, so, I, you know, when you look at journalism, the, the person who writes the article a lot of times is not the person who writes the headline. So the headline is, what does the headline say? Nurse tested positive for COVID-19 despite recent vaccine, Ooh. and the scenario isn't unexpected. Oh, that's not Here's the one I how saw. it could have happened. That, that's the headline? That's an awful long headline. I'm looking for Okay, a so there's a headline and a sub-headline. Right. So I what wanted to call see, you a bad word there. What people see when they, well, look, because the <laughs> effing point is, is that I saw this story all over AP and Reuters. Nurse gets... COVID vaccine, you know, uh, ten, you know, uh, right soon after getting the uh, shit. What did I? She, let me start over, because I'm I'm already agitated. Because <laughs> medical journalism is one of my pet peeves, and it said nurse gets COVID vaccine after getting uh, no COVID nineteen after getting the COVID vaccine, right? And it's like okay, and then you read it, and then the story actually tells you the real story. So go ahead and and tell us that part. Okay, so we know from the vaccine clinical trials that it's going to take about 10 to 14 days for you to start to develop protection, right? Right. Even after those 10 to 14 days, patients still need a second vaccine dose for full protection. And that's three weeks after the first one. Okay. So this patient tested positive six days later after (laughs) working a shift in the COVID-19 unit. Right. But that's not when she got it. She didn't get it at the shift. So this is this is the scenario. Well, you, now now mine is not about a woman. Mine is about a male nurse. Okay, right. So that was my fault for. So I'll give myself a little. Oh, presuming. Sorry, that was stupid. Oh I, maybe yeah. I, oh yes, it was. It was mm-hmm. 
So <laughs> don't let him off the hook, Tacey. Don't let him off the, the hook. Because all nurses are women, ladies no, and I, gentlemen. I get it. I, I I know that was that was asinine. All or doctors are men story. too. That, well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse, COVID. Vaccine because I'm going to see if there's another one because I could have sworn that gave a person's name and it was a woman. But uh, anyway, I, I could be wrong. Okay, um, done. Yes, never presume just because it says nurse that it's a woman or you know a, a guy. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, so the scenario is exposed on Monday. And how long does it take to display symptoms, Dr. Scott? 7 to 14 days, exactly right. Week. So, that yeah, that's most people within seven days, mm-hmm. but 97% of people, it'll take them up to 11 to 14 days to display symptoms. So, you get he, they got exposed on Monday. They got the vaccine on, say, Tuesday, and then they got... COVID-19 six days later. So that would be one. So they were probably exposed to it. It wasn't. Well, that- actually, it says six days later after working a shift in the COVID-19 unit. Okay. He felt bad. And then he went up and got tested. That's when he got tested. Right? Well, how yes. many days was it from when they got the vaccine? Six days. Okay. So they got exposed the day before. Yeah, or 10 days before. Or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then got the vaccine and that was already working on them. And then they. Uh, and then they tested positive for COVID-19 sometime after that. So this is happens all the time with people who say, well, I got the flu from the flu shot. And those are people who, if you have, um, you know, how many millions of people in this country get the flu shot every year? Let's say, go ahead. You have an answer? I have that? a, yeah. Okay. I'm all about answers today. No, I have a question. Didn't people used to get the flu from the flu vaccine like a long time ago when it first came out wasn't there something where people could actually get it or is that just this myth that's been living it's a myth okay because i thought it used to be true and now it's a myth as far as i know influenza vaccine was never never marketed as a um, whole vaccine whole virus okay so uh, influenza vaccine is manufactured particles that stimulate the immune system to make a reaction against the influenza virus, but they were never viruses themselves. So one way to do it is to take DNA uh, that codes for whatever viral protein you want to make and insert it into a bacterial uh, colony and let that those bacteria produce the protein for you. And then you got to purify them and everything, and that's your vaccine. So it was never actually a virus. But what what has happened, Tace, and it happens a lot, is that people associate their getting an influenza with their vaccine. And here's what happens. Let's say you have 50 million people get influenza vaccine over a three-month or six-month period. Let's say 60 million, so it's 10 million a month, okay? And out of those 10 million a month, so that would be how many a day? So 10 divided by 30. Oh, crap. Here we go. Mm. Um, Don't uh, ask her. She's, she's... Echo, what's 10 million divided by 30? 10 million divided by 30 is approximately 333,333.333. Okay, so you have... Okay, okay, okay. Got it. So you have 300... By the way, oh. you can now ask another question. Echo, stop. Without having... <laughs> so you have 333,000 people getting vaccinated every day. Now, out of those, let's just say 1% of them were going to get influenza on Wednesday. No, let's say, yeah, well, yeah, let's say 1% of those were going to get influenza on Wednesday. Echo, what's 1% of 333,000? 1% of 333,000 is 3,330. Okay, so 3,330, we're going to get it on Wednesday, but they got vaccinated and let's say one percent of those got or ten percent got it on to the in the vaccine on tuesday okay so that'd be three thousand people who are going to tell you i got vaccinated on tuesday and i got influenza on wednesday and there's no way in hell that you will ever convince them that the vaccine didn't give it to them even though it's impossible no right yes 
So that's very similar to this story. This person got exposed to it, then they got the vaccine, then they got it. And the sort of implication is, here's one, ER nurse tests positive for COVID-19 eight days after first dose of vaccine. Doesn't say any qualifying stuff. This is the headline. Um, California nurse tests positive for coronavirus one week after receiving the vaccine. Colon, report. Here's another one. Oh, here's from ABC News. Nurse tests positive for COVID-19 despite recent vaccine. So the implication is, well, the vaccine didn't work. Right? When you see the headline. Uh, It's infuriating. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. It's infuriating, yeah. When do you get yours, Scott? Uh, Saturday. I get this Saturday. Ass. You get yours this Saturday? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Who are you getting, Moderna or... uh, Moderna. Pfizer. Yeah, okay. Moderna, yeah. yeah. If you see some extra syringes laying around, why don't you just grab me, grab me a couple? Maybe we can do it. Just two. I just enough just for two. me. Just, just two for you? Yep. Goo. Yep. I can do it. Kick a baby. And it was a dude. It's Matthew W., 45-year-old nurse, so boo on me for assuming. Mm-hmm. That was so stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty lame of Dr. No Steve. <laughs> What if there was? Is a, what if it was a non-binary nurse? Would that be? Yeah, that's why I said yeah. they after that. Oh, <laughs> just in case. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's almost twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Okay. We got to step up I, our game. I love how you assholes <laughs> are pile on, pile on, kicking all these down. Some, <laughs> one thing in seventeen years that I said wrong. Kicking all these down. But, <laughs> well, I'm trying to make a damn point about medical journalism. I just I just made well, a point Dr. about Steve, yeah, how yeah. people assume shit. Yeah. So, well, well, that's the thing. But you, and, so that's and, on me. And, well, and you and and you made a good point too. That's not medical journalism. This that's just sensationalism. They're just trying to get. It. They're just trying to sell some papers or or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and then they say, okay, a nurse who got vaccinated tested positive for COVID, but that's not unexpected. That's the one Tacey found. Right. Okay, then why is this news? Right. Why are we hearing about this? Well, a man got bit by a dog, but dogs like to do that. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's been a slow year in for the news. <laughs> a man got a speaking, speeding ticket, but he was going too fast. And deserved it, by God. <laughs> a man got a sexually transmitted disease, but he's frequenting prostitutes. <laughs> from hey, from a from a it's not news. From a penis pump he purchased at a yard sale. <laughs> That's a good alliteration there. A penis pump he purchased in Peoria. (laughs) From a personal friend. (laughs) That's some friend. That's some friend, buddy. So anyway, so that just irritates the shit out of me. I will tell you this, according to 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 what I could find, 45.3% of American um, uh, adults last year got the um, flu shot. What? It says right here that in 2019, 62% of children between 6 months and 17 years got a flu shot, and 45.3% of adults got got flu vaccinations. Okay, that's not enough, but that's that's higher than I would have thought. Yeah. So this warp speed vaccination is more like not it's not happening because you're not getting it that's why right that's why you're saying that no because it's been all over the news yet again about how this warp speed has just been a total dismal failure really can we yes. give, can we give her some some um, can convalescent just therapy get me some after vaccine, we both get please? vaccine she just she's stressed out she wants the vaccine but i do want it it's, I'll i don't see we're in covid hot box some convalescent therapy i'll give you mine i don't see dismal <laughs> failure in getting a vaccine to market in nine months and uh the first day they vaccinated 10 times more people than were in the phase three trial i don't know the, the phase three trial was twenty thousand people got the vaccine i'm i'm in that group mm. and uh they vaccinated like two hundred seventy-five thousand people the first day let's see how many have been vaccinated you can go to our world and data how many people have oh boy this is great radio vaccinated for uh, covid19 all right, that makes it worse. <laughs> hey, I, but you know, I can't call it a failure because I mean, they, I think there's always going to be some stumbling blocks. But I think they've done a pretty good. I don't job. see the failure. I don't either. That's that's my point. Dude, I I'm mean, telling yeah, you, I saw yeah. it on the news this morning. <laughs> on the news. <laughs> I saw it on the internet. 
but I think I, they've got it up pretty quick. Okay, COVID nineteen vaccination dose ad- administered December thirtieth, four point nine, so five million people in the world, two point one three million in the United States. So, um, you know, we got that's a whole lot, a whole lot of millions left to go, but still, that's, well, that's not bad. Not what the NBC said. That it's just not going as planned. Yeah, no, it's not going as planned because there have been some issues with the um, temperature stability of the Pfizer vaccine, but the Moderna vaccine doesn't have that problem. And what about this AstraZeneca vaccine? I read that their um, effic- eff- efficacy was about 74%. Um, it was until they changed it and said it was 90 <laughs> I thought they did that with the other one. No, that's what, that's what uh, AstraZeneca did with Oh, no, let's, let's, not, let's not make up stuff. Allegedly. <laughs> okay, here's a, a Oxford well, Zeneca a COVID-19 vaccine efficacy from The Lancet. Okay, Lancet is a very prestigious uh, British journal, medical journal. And let's see what they're saying is uh, interim efficacy revol- results were available and are reported for two of the four ongoing trials. Um, okay, come on. Vaccine uh, okay, vac- Okay, here we go. This is where you're getting that number. Vaccine efficacy for the pre-specified primary analysis against the primary end- endpoint of COVID-19 occurring more than 14 days after the second dose was 70%. Surprisingly, um, let me see. how. Yeah, but then I've seen as high as 90% somewhere else, so... Still, 70% ain't bad, oh, hey, considering no. that influenza vaccine, we will give it when it's only 12% effective, right. Right. because it still reduces deaths. But it's, I say 12% is still a huge number yeah. across yeah. across the spectrum. It's a huge number. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, that's uh, This is this Lancet article, and I am just skimming it, and that's hard to do when you're trying to do a radio show at the same time. Very poorly, I might add, from my part. <laughs> So, well, Tacey came up with a pretty good question, though. You she did. It's a damn good question. But, yeah, that's what, that's what this Lancet article says. I'm smart. So I could be a nurse if I'm I really smart. tried. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Except they'd call you tasty. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. But that's okay, too. He said that you were being tough on the negotiations. Oh, wait. But if they could get a little help. Okay, oh, God, wait. we should just start over. <laughs> I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. <laughs> I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. <laughs> Not like everybody says. Okay. Sully's so blown away. You're blown away by this, aren't you? Love Loving it. it. Well, this is our New Year's show. It's his it? job it to co- fix no it. No one's listening anyway, <laughs> so it's... Cut it's, and paste, baby. Cut and paste. Right. You okay. can do it. Anyway, all right. So anything else? No. Got anything? Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's very delightful. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. <laughs> I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> oh, I liked it. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hope you're doing good. It's Stacy Deloach, oh, everyone. Hope Tacey's doing good. 
Cheers. Anyway, got a quick question. Not anyway about Tacey. I miss you, Tacey. I miss and you, Steve too. And Scott. Hey, man. Well. Just stupid little question here. What are freckles? What causes freckles other than just being really cute on a girl? Hmm. I've always wondered that. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Tacey, you want to take this one? I, are they all sun damage? Mine um, are caused by sun damage. No, I pay a lot of money to get them taken off. Yeah, no one is ever born with freckles. Um, but they're probably genetic. You know, uh, they're clusters of cells that can contain melanin. And so most people, when they hit the sun, they will tan all over. But some people tan in these little pools, and we call those freckles. And so they'll have some skin that has less melanin in it and they'll burn too mm. and some skin that has more and so they'll have, they'll be freckly um if you if you don't like your freckles wear sunscreen that's the big thing and the, it should be spf 30 or higher and uh, put it on at least 15 minutes before going outdoors i know we don't follow by that rule when we go to the beach taste and that's par- probably part of the reason that that we have uh, skin issues sometimes. Shit, are you kidding me? I, I, I lather myself in it. Not 15 then, minutes before, though, right? Oh, well, but then I go straight from from the golf cart to the umbrella, and I don't leave unless unless I have to go to the bathroom. And where do you do that? In the least? ocean. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> but I won't. I will not pee in a lake because that's disgusting. <laughs> They have, don't you know because that's fresh water? They, they have that red tracer stuff. Everybody knows you're doing this. Oh, in the ocean? Oh, yeah. They, they have red tracer. They can see where you pee. I don't care. Everybody knows what I'm going <laughs> out there for. I just wish sharks would bite people that piss in the ocean. Because you see these people go out there, and they're just standing there for a minute, and then they come back in. They're not swimming. You know what they're doing. They're just out there pissing. And what is fun is my friends will go out and do it with me. It's yep. fun. And they take their drinks out there, and they're just yeah. f- emptying their awful bladders into mm-hmm. the ocean. And I can't do it. I try. Because it's a lot easier. What? You can't be. No, nope, I cannot oh do it. I cannot do it. I have tried. My bladder would rather burst than piss in the ocean or in a pool or any, you know, if I'm surrounded by water. Oh, my God. That's all, I can't believe that. Yeah. It's all about relaxing the sphincter. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. You must let your testicles drop. Your sphincter now, must I do relax. have a. a you, you can do it. I have a, um, <clears throat> a, a cure or a treatment for shy bladder. And I tried that even. So shy bladder, for those of you out there that have difficulty, you know, voiding your bladder, and this is goes for men, uh, at a urinal when there's other people in there, and then you stand there and you stand there, and you're like, oh, my God. Um, one thing to do is to take a full breath of air, fill up your lungs with air, and then let it out. And when it gets down to about uh, one-fifth of the amount of air left, stop. And that's it. And then hold your breath, and you will automatically void your bladder. And you want to – it doesn't work the first time. Do it again, and this time just imagine that there's a fluid level in your chest that's working down, working down, working down through your bladder out the end of your uh, equipment. Well, I have to go pee now. Hmm. I already did. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I must go to the bathroom. Pardon me. I've soiled, Thank my, you. I've soiled my riches. <laughs> That's from my dirty, rotten scoundrels. <laughs> that was a great movie. So, um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that will work. But I've tried that in the ocean. does not work. For me, it doesn't work for me. Do you think it's because there's instability in your foot and the waves keep hitting you? And that could be part of it. The or focus, the focus it, is the just tef- too much. Temperature differential. Shrinkage. Shrinkage. Oh, now the shrinkage. I don't think that's it, but that could is. be. But no, I just, I'm not, I think what it was is I was one of those um, pool brats mm-hmm. when I was a kid. My mom took me to the pool when I was little and they, they would just stick you on the end of a, uh, of the diving board and you'd be going no no and shivering and standing there and they would take a pole and just push you in and then they'd shove a pole in for you to grab to get out of there because you were drowning and I think maybe that had and it was like if you piss in this pool we're, they're gonna know we're gonna know there's a yellow. and they're already yelling at me and pushing me in well, and I, stuff. I would never pee in a pool yeah What's the screaming downstairs in our house is anybody else I don't know do you want to go investigate I don't see anything down there it looks good. I mean, you're welcome to go investigate it. I'll you just think tell. You need to. I think don't, we have, don't we have two adult children that could? This is the New Year's show, by the way. So that's Happy why. Be no, New Year's, everybody. this is just how it is. 
This is pretty much our day-to-day. I can just quit. People don't like it. It's our day-to-day. So, um, all right. Let's use, let's do another phone call here and see. Oh, we forgot the disclaimer, too. If you just read the bio, there you go. Well, let's try that again. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Thank you, Ronnie B. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve, it's Mike from New York. Hey, Mike. I'm just wondering about these vaccines for the COVID-19. Is there any benefit to getting both Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, or would that just be um, overkill, like getting the same one twice? I think they're both a little different, so uh, it makes sense to think that having both vaccines might be better. than. Well, you know, when I get my flu shot if my kids get the flu mist now that is a live vaccine and yes you do get influenza from that but it's a very mild case usually asymptomatic because that's a live vaccine now tasty that might have been what you were thinking of and um but uh, i'll get a double dose right because right. i get the the shot and that and maybe it offers some protection the year that i did that i got influenza but i was only sick for about a day so Go see what that is. What in the hell? It sounds like it's coming through the speakers. Through the speakers. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because Ralphie's right there. Yeah, just make your rounds. Yell if yeah, you need make help. Make rounds, Jesus. We'll send Sully after you. <laughs> I got you. You're quicker than we are. You got are. your gun? <laughs> Sully's young and quick. So mm-hmm. now I've already forgotten what the hell we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about a double dose of oh, yeah, the double flu vaccine. Okay, yeah. so... Uh, I am not a, aware that there the two vaccines make different antibodies. Now they might. Yeah. It's unlikely that their genetic sequence is exactly the same. Right. But they are. They. But it may be because they are coding for the same protein, which is the spike protein on the coronavirus that attaches to the ACE two receptor in the mm-hmm. body. So. Um, uh, but there may be an extra amino acid here or there straggling. Who knows if that makes any difference? So what we would want to know is, do these two things somehow create different antibodies? And, and having different antibodies, does that make uh, a difference as far as protection is concerned? Someone will eventually do that study. But we have zero data mm-hmm. on any cross-reactivity between these two vaccines right now. It's way too early to tell. Yeah, I think for now, if you can get one, just get the one, get one, and let yeah, let 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 everybody spread the wealth, and then if there's enough. Somebody first, asked yeah. me that today. They said, "Which vaccine would you get?" And I said, "I would get the one that I can get, the one they offer you." Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Right. That's a good question, though. That's a damn That's good, a good question, question, man. And it's one that we'll have to uh, follow we'll over follow time. Up. Hey, Doctor Steve, this is Mike from Buffalo. Um, I'm just calling to ask you about. Uh, vitamins and doubling down and tr- with trying to prevent coronavirus. So I've been reading, you know, take your vitamin D's, obviously take your vitamin C's and all that stuff. Um, but let's say you take a multivitamin that has 125% vitamin D in it and 125% vitamin C in it. You know, all the other, all the other good qualities of a multivitamin. Uh, do I also need to take a separate vitamin D pill and a and or a separate vitamin C pill or and on top of all that drink juices or and eat oranges and like basically get like 600% of vitamin C in a day or take a zinc pill um what is the basically I'm asking what is the yeah, I know what you're asking max, what oh, go ahead maximum amount of benefit you get from the maximum amount of vitamins yeah, the thing is, nobody knows the answer to that. Most vitamins in our body, uh, in, in multivitamins, are are water soluble, and so when your body doesn't need those, they just pee them out. So people will have bright green urine, and it's usually riboflavin. I think that they're that they're peeing out. So um, now the the four fat soluble vitamins are A, D, E, and K. So those can accumulate, and so vitamin D is one of those. It can accumulate, and um, so uh, if you take too much vitamin D, you can get a thing called hypervitaminosis D, and that's from people who are mega dosing 
uh, vitamin D and they don't need to, and it can cause things like fatigue, loss of appetite, weight loss, and those kinds of things. It can cause uh, problems with kidney stones as well. And um, it's uh, so you don't want to mega dose any of these fat soluble vitamins. Remember A, D, E, and K. I just remember it ADAC. And uh, but here here's the deal with vitamin D and COVID. There was a study they did about 500 people. They looked at people who had vitamin D deficiency were more likely to test positive for the virus than people who had normal levels of vitamin D. That doesn't mean that if you take vitamin D, you're going to prevent it. Okay, it could be a marker for susceptibility, not the cause. See, the only way that taking vitamin D would help is if the low vitamin D is somehow the cause of you being more susceptible to this virus. We've had this discussion before. On the other hand, I don't have a problem with you taking it. There's no downside to taking just a vitamin D supplement, uh, particularly if you've had your vitamin D levels checked. So he's saying, well, how much is too much? How much do you need? It depends. If you have normal vitamin D levels, then taking vitamin D probably isn't going to do very much, but you could take 400 IU to 1,000 IU, and it's not going to hurt you. Maybe it'll help. Maybe It's not going to hurt. If you have low vitamin D, they're going to need to dose you up until you don't have low vitamin D anymore. And we still don't even know if that does anything because, you know, low vitamin D levels are associated with uh, heart disease, cancer, some other stuff like that. There's still no evidence that that dosing with vitamin D prevents those things. We just know that low vitamin D levels uh, uh, are a risk factor. So we will know someday if uh, dosing with vitamin D prevents disease. It certainly prevents rickets. If you don't want rickets, mm-hmm. take vitamin D. Mm-hmm. We know that. Uh, vitamin D deficiency is common in the United States, uh, particularly uh, among Hispanic and black folk. And they've uh, and those groups have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. So, you know, it's interesting. So I have no problem uh with anybody taking a vitamin D supplement, just don't megadose it unless you're told to by, a, you know, an endocrinologist that says you need to do this because your levels are so low you have to. All right. So we just don't know the answer yet, but um, no downside might help. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Hey, this is Matthew Greer. Uh, my dad is a DPT at Logan Nursery. Uh, they have shown no cases of the flu this year. Yeah. Uh, I was curious if we are just ignoring the flu cases this year, or <sighs> if this is, if the COVID vaccine, the COVID-19 is just a amped up flu. Just uh, oh. a quick question on that. Appreciate well, no, it's not an amped up flu. They're different viruses. Influenza is a distinct virus from from. SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19. That's in a different class. Those are coronavirus, influenza viruses, or influenza viruses. And they're structured differently. But uh, it is interesting. Percentage of visits to a healthcare provider for influenza-like illness, because we don't test everybody. We just say, is there illness like influenza, is 1.5% this week. Um, similar to week 50, so th- that's that'd be last week. This is below the national baseline of 2.6%. So they're saying that the surveillance may be impacted by COVID-19 pandemic and should be interpreted by caution. Maybe people aren't going and aren't presenting themselves, or they're assuming they have influenza. Now, when somebody comes in our hospital now, we do this COVID pack, and it has influenza A and B in it. Mm-hmm. So they test them for COVID-19, influenza A and B, and uh, something else, and uh, a respiratory syncytial virus. And um, it, I haven't seen a single influenza case this year. So why is that? I think social distancing, mask wearing, and all that stuff. Then why is COVID so high? Because it's 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 a novel, a novel virus, and it's more transmissible. I'm assuming that would be my only guess. Okay. And COVID isn't that high. Remember, uh, we still haven't qu- quite hit six percent of the populace has had it it's, that we know of. It's terrible here, though. Yeah, it's terrible, but it's still ninety four percent of people haven't haven't had it 
you know, the vast majority. Mm-hmm. And again, if I gave you those odds, Sully, if I gave you the odds where you take all your life savings and you're going to bet it on black at the at the roulette wheel, and you're if you win, you'll double, and your chances of losing are only six percent. Hell, you do it. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty damn good bet that you have a ninety-four percent chance of winning. So uh, let's go to COVID dot stuntlabs.com and let's just see what uh the what the world has for us as far as united states cases total cases in the united states uh 19 million 19.5 million so uh let's see echo what's percentage is 19.5 million of 333 million 19,500,000 is 5.856% of 333 million. Okay, so we're, we haven't quite hit 6% yet. So 94 plus percent of people have not had a case of this disease. That doesn't mean they weren't infected. You know, there have, could be people with asymptomatic uh, infections that we can't count those unless we just tested everybody. All right. So... Um, yeah, it's been interesting. I, di- I didn't see a single case of gastroenteritis this summer either. Did you hear of anybody that had a puke bug this summer, Taste? No, I did not. Yeah, unless it was COVID related. Unless it was COVID, yeah. yeah. You know, I think I said last week that the Colorado was reporting 97. Right now, they're 97% down in uh, influenza. influenza. Is that right? Yeah, 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 in hospitalizations. Yeah, and 97% down from last year at this time, yeah. Very interesting, but I think that's what it is. I think it's social distancing. And, 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 you know, if we make it through this, I think going down the road, maybe that will help us moving forward with the flu and, and people appreciating yeah. the fact that it is we can mediate the um, the spread of the um, flu and many other things by just doing a couple simple things. Yeah, see, okay, here we go. The R sub zero for influenza H1N1 is 1.4. It's 2.4 for this. And the new strain is um, is four, which if, is here now. If everybody remember, right? It's in, well, oh, yeah. they found a case in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. The um, for those that don't remember, the R sub zero is the number of people that one person will infect if they are in a population that is vulnerable to being infected. That's not a real world. This is this is an imaginary scenario. But it gives you a gauge of relative um, uh, transmissibility. So for influenza, um, it, it's saying uh, 1.4 to 1.6. SARS-CoV-2 strain 1 through 10 or whatever, it was 2.4. The new strain is 4. Measles, 12. Okay? So, and that impacts how many people have to be vaccinated or immune before you can reach herd immunity. And that's why measles, it's so easy for it to flare back up when people stop vaccinating their kids. Okie doke. Sounds good. I didn't know that about influenza. I I suspected it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know it. Now I know. I learned something today. All right. Um, Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Sean from Nashville. Hey, Sean. Um, You were talking about transient global amnesia on one of the past podcasts. I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. My dad had it um, several years ago. Let's talk about it just for a second, get everybody up to speed on transient global amnesia. Uh, My experience with it came when I used to be the uh, doctor for... um, a marathon bike race in Vermont and it was very hilly and it was a long race and people were really maximally exerting themselves a lot of people were doing it that didn't have any business doing it and uh, in my little emergency room I would have at least one a year a person come in saying I don't know my name I can't remember my name I know where I am I know what I was doing but I can't remember my name I don't remember where I live And we would uh, lay them down, give them some IV fluids, and then all of a sudden it would come back. And that was transient, the classic sort of transient global amnesia, sudden temporary episode of memory loss that isn't attributed to like stroke or um, uh, blow to the head or something like that. I had that. I had amnesia from being uh, from a blow to the head, and that sucked. Oh, yeah. and um, they can't usually remember where they are or how they got there or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, and then, but they, it, the 
the keyword is transient. It gets better. All of a sudden, it all comes back, and they're fine. So anyway, that's what this guy is talking about. And it wasn't as quick as the recovery as maybe you might have let it on to be? Of course, because everything I'm saying today is incorrect. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, he started out, luckily I was in the car with him. He did not remember where or why we were going to a certain meeting. Um, he asked me that like four or five times. And then what triggered something was wrong for him was he did not remember getting dressed that morning. Mm. That's how <clears throat> so I rushed different. into the hospital thinking that he was having a stroke. They do all like the normal CT scans, all that other good stuff. Um, this whole time, it didn't take like a half hour for him to kind of bounce back. It took almost the full day. Um, he did remember who he was. Who, is, who my mom was, who I was, and who my brother was, but anything within, anything new within like a year, couldn't remember. Couldn't remember that my brother was engaged or who his fiance was. Yeah. Uh, remembered their dog, their longtime dog, but didn't remember that they had just gotten a new dog about two years prior. Didn't, no clue who that dog was. Don't remember if he remembered who the president was or not. Um, but it, it took, the full day for him to recover and to this day he he does not remember that day it does not exist for him in his memory the day before and the day after knows like the back of his hand well it was almost 10 years ago at this point so probably not yeah. that much um and you know it took almost 24 hours for him to come out of it yep the, there that's was okay yeah it's still transient global amnesia the, the hallmark of transient global amnesia is that it's no more than 24 hours. It's usually shorter. The ones that I saw were within hours. And their return of their memory is usually gradual. And, yeah, they don't have recent head injury. The criteria are sudden onset of memory loss verified by a witness. And they're saying retention of personal identity despite memory loss. I swear some of the people came in saying that they couldn't remember their name. But I, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, was, that was almost 30 years ago. But their cognition is normal. It's not like they're goofy. I mean, they're sitting there talking like we're talking. They just mm -hmm. can't remember things that they ought to be able to remember. And uh, they can process things. They can follow directions. They can name familiar objects. But um, they can't uh, form any new memories. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like living totally in the present. Oh. And... Um, uh, you, you also have to rule out any sign that there's damage to any particular part of the brain. And, uh, yeah, no evidence of seizures and or active epilepsy. So, you know, it is interesting. Now, people who are at risk, people age 50 or older, and people with a history of migraines. That sort of makes mm. sense because mm -hmm. migraines... Uh, start with a decreased blood flow to uh, it, in some of the um, vessels that are surrounding the brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, when those vessels, when they constrict, that's when you have that aura and may see things in your vision. And then when they relax, they, rela they over-relax and they dilate, and the body interprets that that they're ripping. And so when then you get a pounding, a pound, pound, pound when the, uh, with the uh, heartbeat because they'll dilate even a little bit more when the pressure increases, uh, you know, against that uh, uh, arterial wall. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's interesting that people with migraines are more at risk of having something like this. Now, my amnesia episode was idiotic, like most things for me today. So I would just tell you another story of me being stupid is uh, when you're riding home from seventh grade and you're carrying your sociology book in your right hand while you're, you know, um, uh, riding your bicycle using no hands mm -hmm. and just using your weight to to to, uh, to balance and not touching. Yeah, just yeah. sitting up straight. And then when you get home, instead of stopping the bike and getting off, you throw that this counterweight on the steps. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're waking up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you don't remember what grade you're in. Good chunk. That's what happened to me. And my mom was like, well, just you're fine. And so we went inside. I couldn't remember what grade I was in. I was looking in my book trying to see if maybe I wrote little Stevie, you know, grade mm. seven or whatever in there. <laughs> but I didn't. And it drove me crazy. And she's just like, well, back to school because back then we went home for lunch which i mm. think now is weird mm. oh god if you even try leaving lunch now they'll throw you in the bus yeah yeah, yeah. we school. went home for lunch yeah. and so i was home for lunch and then um i went back and uh of my mom, back then you had to go home to smoke a cigarette while well, you that's were true having lunch, i had to know. smoke three on the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, and but my mom was just like unconcerned <laughs> and just dropped me off. I guess she had bridge club that day, <laughs> and she dropped me off at school. And as soon as I hit the grounds, it all came back to me. Oh wow! That yeah, was woke, crazy. Woke, woke you back up. Yeah, I, I, moment, I, yeah. I said I. The only thing I can remember is going to sixth grade. But I know I'm not in sixth grade. But I can't convince myself that I remember what grade I'm in. Mm-hmm. There's weird. Hey, there's nothing like getting a good lick to the head. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of deep trauma in there, to, not from the falling, but from my mom just being so unconcerned about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Time, time's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Happy New Year's. <laughs> uh, the other day on his show, our friend Anthony Comia was talking about he has possible gout or whatever, and he talked to you, and he's going to his doctor, and that's, you know, all well and good. But he was also saying how he's so mad about working out and not getting anywhere because of his age that he's going to demand from his doctor that he get some, like, testosterone. Okay. Now, does he understand that a legit doctor probably won't give him that unless he's at a certain, Ooh, this you know, is a low good level? good question. Uh, just wondering what you think about this. Well, I don't know what he understands, but I can tell you that uh, people are undertreated for this. Yes. yes, they are. They are the hell undertreated for this because a lot of doctors look at this normal range and go, well, yeah, the normal range is 300 to 1,000, yeah, oh, yeah. and yours is 305. Mm-hmm. Guess it's normal. You must be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> And that, my friends, is bad, bad medicine. medicine. And they don't look at the symptoms. Now. Or listen. Listen to their Listen complaints. to their patients. <laughs> listen yeah. to the complaints, mm-hmm. yes. There are studies that show that if you treat low normal testosterone in people who are symptomatic, it will improve their health-related quality of life. With a very, that, would be, that would be me, by yep. the way. And here's why. Now, Sully, I know you think that these scientists are, uh, you know, they're all geniuses, and some of them are, but they have garbage in, garbage out when it comes to data, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that they determine the normal range is that they take, let's say, a thousand people. And they they get their testosterone, and then you you have an arithmetic mean, and then you go two standard deviations from the mean. That's normal. But what if? And this is true that 95% of people who actually have symptomatic low testosterone go undetected or undiagnosed, I should say. So now when you go to get your normal controls, you have a whole pool of people who actually have low symptomatic testosterone that just think that aging is, you know, you feel tired and that your libido goes down. And they, so they're not diagnosed, so they include them in that normal range. Well, now these people are skewing the number down Mm -hmm. so that the normal range is actually lower than it should be. Mm -hmm. And then you have physicians, and I'm going to blame it mostly on physicians because I'm sure the nurse practitioners and PAs are smart enough to know the difference. But I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at my colleagues at this point that don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so when they see someone with a 305, they go, dude, you're normal. I can't treat mm-hmm. you. And that is incorrect. And may, I add to, may I add just a little bit more to that? Yes. Well, I'm going to throw one, yeah, out, yeah, yeah, one I'm thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. If, you don't have to apologize. I just want to throw this out. It's okay. I, I Because if, if you don't, I'll forget because I'm scatterbrained AF today. That if you have some, uh, an issue like this, email me. And you can go to the website, click contact, ignore all the, 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 the um, warnings, and just let me know. And by the way, double check your email address when you put it in. I have all these people send me really cool questions. I can't answer them back because they put their email address mm. in wrong. Um, and I can send you an article to show to your provider that says treating low 
testosterone in symptomatic people with classic symptoms of low testosterone or hypogonadism is worth doing because it improves their health-related quality of life. Go, Scott. Yeah, real quick. I was just saying, most of the times you don't get your testosterone checked until later in life anyway, so, so you don't have a baseline that they start uh, testing it at ten, when you're 10 years old. So if you might have Give it yourself 300, a but your normal is 900, yes, you're sir. more than two standard deviations below. You know, mine, I told you before, was 45. 45. So Until it, I started getting treated. Did probably. you ever do steroids? No, nothing. You nothing never did? No, nothing. I had no Because the one time nothing. I saw one that low was, you know, well, I heard about it was yeah. in somebody that was, you yeah. know, had been using I, steroids. Yeah, I, had, I had every opportunity playing college college baseball, but never did. Never hmm. never touched. And, and you know, we just assume it's, I must have always had it. But was never symptomatic. You know, the, my biggest my biggest complaint was insomnia, insomnia and fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And that was. And once we finally figured out, you know, I was thirty five years old. It's like shit. No wonder you feel terrible. Yeah. If yeah. you have loss of libido, erectile dysfunction, fatigue, weakness, any of those kind yeah. of and insomnia, let's throw insomnia, insomnia yeah. in there yeah. too. If you've ever had chemotherapy. Yeah. Uh, you need to get your testosterone changed. If you've ever been, if you've been on pain medication, mm. opioid pain medication for a long time, you need to get your mm. testosterone checked. Mood swings. But yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go with that. Yep. I think anybody, any male that mm. comes in with any of those kinds of complaints, they should. It should be a knee-jerk reaction. Well, In addition to all these other things we're going to do, yep. check your thyroid, yeah. check your normal, uh, complete blood, blood count and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Do Maybe do a sleep apnea test, check your testosterone, because you'll pick them up. Right. And now, is Anthony going to get enough testosterone to be building big old muscles? Uh, that excellent question. I'm going to give you give one of these. Give yourself a bill. Because bringing someone up to therapeutic amount is not the same thing as exactly. pulsing somebody. But mm-hmm. uh, you would think that you would certainly be able to build muscle better if you, you can add a little bit better mass. Yeah, if if you're normal bit. rather than being low. I mean, just look at these guns. You can tell I really, yeah, I mean, really work. I think out about hard. it all the time. Twelve ounces at a time. You do? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have guns, and then I got. I, I used to work out when I was in medical school. I worked out every day. Would could. could uh, do the highest on the curl machine when doing free weights and everything. And I, I've got pictures of me holding my nieces up. Mm-hmm. And you look at me now, and I'm just a wimpy little turd. <laughs> and it's because I uh, got um, epididymitis, and I didn't know what to do about it then. And so every time I'd lift, I get the horrible pain in my nuts, so I just had to give it up. And you deflate pretty quickly. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. All right. Well, perfect time to end this cluster F. Yeah, you're welcome for the good show, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Taste. <laughs> yep, you're welcome, everybody. You jealous. Sons of bitches. Well, let's get the hell out of here. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, that Gould girl, Hogan's mom, Lewis Johnson, Paul Opcharsky, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Chris's sister, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, the great Rob Bartlett, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's Daughter, Ron Bennington and Fez Watley, whose support of the show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week. One week. For the next edition of Weird Medicine. Happy New Year, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Hail with you. Hail with you. Merry New Year, sons of bitches.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.